Ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system? You want someone who will be there to help right away. Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to repair, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Burkhardt provides emergency repairs for any brand of cooling and heating system. And you can call them anytime. The team has years of experience, and they know how to get you up and running fast. So when you need help with your AC or heating system, you want someone who will be there right away. Visit Burkhardt at acpromise.com and tell them Eric sent you. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, voted the number one restaurant in Metairie by TripAdvisor. A place where you can enjoy a great meal with family or hanging out with friends watching the game. A mouth-watering menu that has something for everyone. Amazing cocktails and an incredible beer selection. TVs everywhere. You'll never miss a play. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique. The perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. Order online for delivery at BobbyAbears.com. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, our digital platforms, NashFM106.1.com, and, of course, EricAsher.com on the World Wide Web. At Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram, our social media platforms. And, of course, our podcast is everywhere. 
Anchor's our home base for when you're podcasting platform, especially inside New Orleans show with Eric Ash. And speaking of show, what a great show today with uh, sports director over, over Channel 4 uh, Sports, uh, WWL TV, uh, Doug Mouton. He's such a great guy, number one. Okay, number two, so again, uh, just fun to be around, great to do a show with. He's so enthusiastic, um, just a great personality, and of course, great, very, very knowledgeable. Uh, we covered Saints, LSU, Tulane, Pelicans on the program today. If you missed us at six, uh, one o'clock this afternoon, uh, if you didn't see us on the live stream, uh, then of course you can check us out uh, tonight at six on LAE, ten o'clock on the Deuce, uh, tomorrow night nine o'clock on Pelican, ten o'clock on LAE, Saturday morning at two a.m. on the Deuce, Saturday afternoon at five p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. Look, I'll have that up for you guys that are outside of the viewing area of Pelican or, um, or LAE on the uh, WLA-TV, uh, or, or again, you can't get the WLA-TV YouTube page. I have that on our social media platforms uh, tonight. Uh, but it is on the WLA-TV YouTube page right now. Uh, Gary Smith's going to join us from uh, NOLA.com and the Wave Report uh, just a little bit after 4.15. Uh, then we'll be followed by Jordy Collada. He'll be talking LSU. Of course, Jordy will talk to, uh, I'm sorry, Gary will talk Tulane. Uh, Ross Jackson comes in at 5.15 talking Saints. And then Fletcher Mackle at 5.35 talking everything. We're going to talk Saints, Telegrams, LSU, Tulane with him. Hopefully we'll get to all of those. And, of course, today's program is brought to you by our good friends at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, uh, Mambo's, uh, the Hideout Bar, and Old New Orleans Cookery. What a beautiful place to go and have a, have a meal. First of all, second, uh, you're in the, the, the 200 block of Bourbon Street, the second block of Bourbon Street. So you're not walking far into the quarter. Then, of course, lunch and dinner served seven days a week with an incredible menu for you. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest. Beautiful dining rooms with picture windows overlooking Bourbon Street. A, uh, a, a beautiful courtyard that, that is, again, is authentic, uh, spectacular, uh, beautiful by day, spectacular by night. And, I mean, the, at nighttime, it's just so gorgeous in, those, in all the courtyards that the Oceana family of restaurants have. And then not one but two Bourbon Street balconies. Look, these Bourbon Street balconies have an adjoining private room, a beautiful large room, private bar, private restroom. You can have your next event there. If for some reason there's not an event that night or that day, they use that for overflow. So you're not standing in line on Bourbon Street waiting to get into the, into the restaurant. Hey, it's a great time on Bourbon Street to be able to go over to Old New Orleans Cookery. Uh, and the, the mixologists are incredible. Uh, the cocktails are extraordinary. Uh, family, friends, maybe you're looking for that uh, wonderful dining experience with uh, maybe a first date, maybe trying to close that business deal. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for all. You want to find out more, go to nolacookery.com. That's nolacookery.com. Uh, and, of course, it's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery, all part of the Oceana family of restaurants and a proud sponsor of our Thursday show. Right, I'm going to start off a little bit different today. Um, you know, this show is primarily a sports show, but it's a New Orleans show. And we talk about everything, okay? We talk about culture. We talk about, uh, you know, food. Uh, we talk about music. Uh, maybe maybe more in the past than we do now. Uh, but we also talk about what's happening in our city and across, across the region. And after watching Mayor Cantrell's press conference last night, I've got to tell you right now, I was floored. Absolutely floored. I'm expecting her to be conciliatory, uh, to, to be open, uh, to, you know, to, you know, maybe take a few lumps from the media, which, again, she deserved. And, and it was none of that. It was 20 minute, 21 minutes of pure BS. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, again, typical politician talking around every single question instead of answering the question. And then uh, at one point, I, I had to watch it twice last night, literally, because she took a left turn to Never Never Land, and she never came back. Never came back. I mean, some of her explanations, again, were, were they weren't rational, nor were they decipherable. It was that at her and look it was a limited amount of questions and a limited amount of time that that she was going to give the media last night um 
using France in a sentence over and over again. You talking about France. You talking about France. Are you kidding me? I mean, I thought I was listening to Jim Moore talking about playoffs, right? I mean, you remember that, right? Um, uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Me too. Me too. I hope we can win a game too when it comes when it comes to the city. But I mean, that's the, it reminded me. You talking about France? Yeah, we talking about France. We talking about forty thousand dollars. We talking about eighteen thousand dollars first class. And then when she was asked about the first class tickets, you know, the the the, the gall. Uh, to be able to say that she deserves security so she has to, to fly business class. The first thing I thought about, what's, what about the residents of the city? What about the visitors to this city? Don't they deserve, again, to, be, to, to have security, to be protected? I mean, just delusional. The, 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 the comment about the hotel room, which was $700 a night, oh, it was the only one available. Really? The only one in France that was available? The only one in the Riviera that was available? Okay, we, we all know those junkets are, 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 again, nothing but cover for, for politicians to go out and to have a lavish vacation on the taxpayer's dime. And, and she has, again, abused the privilege. Abused it. Okay? Uh, and then, of course, when it came to trying to justify well, you know, what she said and why she was in court in support of that juvenile who went on the robbery and carjacking spree. I mean, attempting to graphically explain how she consoled the victim on the way out of court, explaining her faith in God. I mean, at, at one point, I thought it was the raving, uh, 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 the Randys of a raving lunatic. But here's what I don't get. The fact that she is unable to see how her, her actions are affecting the citizens and the city, to me, is, is, is mind-blowing, but it's beyond, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And it reminds me a lot of, again, Negan post-Katrina where she's not dealing with reality anymore, okay? The mayor believes she is justified in everything she says and everything she does. And the one thing that I really took for that press conference last night was, again, her arrogance and her sense of entitlement. Uh, you're your mayor. You're not queen, okay? You, you, you are not, you, this is not, not a birthright. You were elected. Now, again, only 28% of the people decided to show up. But it's, it's the arrogance. Now, look, it reminds me a lot of Dutch Morial with the arrogance. But let me say this. Dutch had skins on the wall. You're talking about somebody who was in the civil rights movement. You're talking about, again, a guy that worked, himself, worked his way up through the legislature, okay, by the time he became, again, the first African-American mayor of New Orleans. Uh, she doesn't have that cachet uh, that Dutch had. Um, for her, it seems like everything revolves around her and her delusional world. And I asked these questions on, on, on social media last night because I think it, if it would have been me at the press conference, this would have what I would have asked her, okay? Would she travel first class on these lavish trips if she was footing the bill and not the citizens? I think it's a fair question. Would you? And then, of course, the situation again with the, with the standing up for the, uh, for the juvenile in criminal court. If this was one of her family members that was the victim, would she be standing next to that kid? Whether he went through, again, her, delu her, her, uh, her, her program or not, her diversionary program or not? Come on. I mean... What I don't understand is we've seen this for four years. Now we're in the fifth year of this with, 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 with Cantrell. What is it going to take for the citizens of the city of New Orleans, Orleans, Paris specifically, to say enough is enough? I mean, I went through it last night on, on social media. Hard rock disaster. That, did, that didn't move you? I mean, again, those bodies that sat there for months and months and months, her, her coming off a junket to the Netherlands. Remember, she was in the Netherlands when the, when the hard rock collapsed. Okay? Um, Garbage on the streets for weeks and weeks and weeks not getting picked up. This is pre-Ida, right? And now you're paying double. You're paying double to get the trash picked up and you only get it once a week. That didn't move you. 
The traffic lights not operating all over this city for almost a year. It was not a call to action for you to be able to, again, do something about this mayor. And let me tell you, don't fool yourself. All-Star Electric got the, got the uh, contract. All-Star Electric got the contract after Katrina to be able to put the lights back in service. So she said she couldn't find anybody to, to, to do the job. What? You're believing that spin one more time? Come on. Brazen criminals that are stalking for victims in every single neighborhood, okay, in our city. That has not moved you as a citizen of the city to be able to take action here? And then, of course, we've talked about a lot, those lavish trips, again, at taxpayers' expense, parting her way through the second term. It's outraged me. How has it not outraged you? I mean, enough is enough, right? I mean, when is it, what is it going to take for the apathetic voters of Orleans Parish to wake up and recall her? Period. The end. Okay, I don't get it. Because I saw this Titanic-like disaster coming. I've been talking about it on this radio show for years. Check out, check my social media platforms. Check the timelines there. It's there. Okay? And, of course, nobody stepped up to vote against her. 28% of the people in the city decided to vote on that day, and it was a beautiful day in New Orleans. No excuse. And then on the other side, again, those that have aspirations that, to be mayor, they set out the race. They set out the race. And as I've said before, they chose the safe races. They're now, again, from their bully pulpit, uh, speaking up. Too little, too late. You're political cowards, every single one of you. Because it was clear that she was vulnerable as an incumbent mayor, and that she could be beaten. But again, you were worried about history. You, didn't want to, you wanted the safe race instead of, again, saving your city. So, again, for me, I'll never vote for any one of them again. And they know who they are. So, again, what is it going to take, okay, to be able to motivate people to be able to say enough is enough with this mayor? You know, it's just typical apathetic New Orleans. Not motivated unless it's Mardi Gras, festival season, the Saints are threatened. That's when you get motivated. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, we have an issue here with this mayor. And it's, been, it's a worse issue than we had with Nagin. And it's about time the people of Orleans Parish step up and say enough is enough. All right. With that said, uh, totally frustrated by what I saw last night. I got so many texts and, uh, from, and, and emails from individuals that said was enough was enough. Hopefully, again, those are voters in Orleans Parish. Uh, with that said, let's shift gears back to uh, uh, sports. And um, our good friend Gary Smith joins us on the program, who, by the way, lives in Orleans Parish. Uh, and, uh, of course, covers Tulane, covers UNO, and, of course, a weekly contributor to our program. His, uh, his website, The Wave Report, is hands down, again, uh, the, the go-to site if you're a Tulane fan. Everything you need to know about Tulane athletics is on The Wave Report. So if you call yourself a Tulane fan, and believe me, I hear from you guys all the time. You know, I got one guy last week that actually timed the amount of time that I had that I talked Tulane on, on the TV show. So you're out there. So, again, you should be subscribing to the Wave Report. And Gary, owns, Gary joins us on the program now. Gary, how are you? Doing great. Doing great, Eric. Gary, uh, before we get started, tell the folks about your site and how folks can mm-hmm. subscribe. Sure. It's, um, it's uh, thewavereport.com, um, tulane.rivals.com. Um, I've, been, I've been producing long practice reports every day. They've had any type of a significant practice. Today, not so much because they delayed. They, it was a light practice that got ended early by, by um, the threat of lightning. But uh, yeah, yesterday did a full analysis of the depth chart at every position with commentary on each spot. You're not getting that anywhere else. I think I do great coverage for, the, uh, for NOLA.com, the advocate, too. But, it's not, it's the, but the, the in-depth stuff that you get on the wave report, you just can't get anywhere else. Uh, 100% agree. It's just it's a great site. You do a great job covering them. All right, you've had a chance to be able to see all of camp. Next week is game week, so that's preparation for UMass. What do you think about this team going into this season? Yeah, 
I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic for them. I would say um, it, it's come down to two positions that I think are obviously health, but that, that, that's automatic. But two positions that I think they're going to determine what this team can do on the offense. Of course, it's the offensive line, and that, that's been a common refrain for, what, more than a, de- a decade now? <laughs> it's been a long time since Tulane's had legitimately good offensive line play, and I'm not sure whether this will be the team that, that does that or not. I, I do know that Willie Fritz believes it's the best pass protecting offensive line he's had by far in his in his seven years as coach I don't really feel quite, I've been to every practice but they do so little contact now I, I really can't I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other on, on how these guys are going to are going to show up at games but but I do know they have a lot of experience on the outside and in the middle um, which is key Rashad Green started all of last year learned on the job at, at right tackle he should be a, a, a lot better. Joey Claybrook really struggled last year, had a poor year after a very good year in 2020, but he's got a ton of experience. He wants to atone for, for what happened last year at, at left tackle. And then of course, sincere Hainsworth, who's a consensus, all American athletic conference, um, you know, first or second team, team center. Um, it's the two guard spots that are, that are the key. And right now it looks like um, they're going to use two transfers at, at those positions. Um, Kane and Ray um, at, at has has taken over from from Trey Tuggle at, at, at right guard this week in practice. It seems like he's going to start, and then Prince Pines, who I read a feature on earlier this week, is a little hefty for my taste at 350 pounds, but he's a big he's just a big dude. And he, he, he like the third day he became first team in, in preseason camp, and, he, and he's held on to it. And the coaches love his his footwork for a guy his size, and they feel like they finally have a guy who can really push people around up front at that guard position. So we'll see. Um, they, they they have the potential to be good, but I'm. I'm I'm kind of a prove it to me person after watching the last 10, 15 years on the offensive line and yeah. at Tulane. Then on defense, the position is the secondary. They've got some good players there. A lot of guys that have had good individual years. Jaden Candy had an excellent year as a freshman at nickel last year. They've moved him to corner. Macon Clark had a solid year at, at free safety. They've moved him to uh, to nickel, and we'll, we'll see how that works out. I'm not I'm not totally sure about Macon Clark's fit at at, at nickel, and I'm, I'm, that I that has to be proven. And then the other cornerback spot. Right now, Lance Robinson, um, he had transferred from Kansas State. He really struggled last year. Um, he looks better, but you got again, you got to prove it in games. And their secondary has to be able to cover good top-notch receivers and not give up the big plays. If, the, if Tulane does those two things well, I think Tulane can have an excellent year. On defense, you've had to replace Cam Sample. You've had mm-hmm. to replace Patrick Johnson. Now Jeffrey Johnson in the middle. Yep. Uh, how's that defensive line looking? I- I feel pretty good about the defensive line. I'm actually writing a feature right now on the on on the interior of the line. I wrote about the ends last week. Um, Patrick Jenkins has just had an excellent camp, and, and, and the word that they all use about him is twitchy. <laughs> he's got that natural. He's just he's just hard to stay in front of for for offensive offensive linemen, and both as a pass rusher and 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 as a run defender, they really think they have a terrific all around player uh, in, in Patrick Jenkins and Adonis Freelo. He was one of the Tulane's top recruits when he signed in 2020. Uh, he's he's he played a lot last year, kind of learned on the job. He's looked really impressive in camp. He's a nose guard. He's not. I mean, he, he's not. He's not Jeffrey Johnson. They don't have a Jeffrey Johnson. But again, he 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 can. He kind of is. A, he's probably a better pass rusher than Jeffrey Johnson, and he can hold his own on the run too. He's incredibly strong. So I, I like both of those starters. The backups, not as convinced about yet, but but we'll find out. I'm 
quoted, I'm quoting Noah Talley Ansich extensively in the story. Of course, he was a huge recruit when he came to Tulane out of Destrehan in 2020. Uh, lifelong Tulane fan. Tulane didn't really even have to recruit him. He was going to play for Tulane. And uh, then he suffered a sports hernia injury before the first preseason camp ended and that torpedoed his first season and pretty much his last year too. That's a tough injury to overcome pretty quickly. He's back to full strength is up to about 275, 280 pounds. They're hoping he can give them quality depth in, in the middle. And then Eric Hicks, who had probably a better year in 2020, you can say that for a lot of Tulane players than he did last year is the other backup in the middle. I think at this point, there's a, there's somewhat of a drop off between the starters and the backups. Um, if, if those two backups can, can give them solid play because that's a position where you just simply can't play every down, then I, I really like them. And in in, in, I think their interior can be a lot better than people think with the, lo- with the loss of Jeffrey Johnson. Then on the end, they're, they're, they're talented. On the end, Darius Hodges had a huge year last sure. year. Angelo Anderson was another, mm-hmm. he and, um, another huge recruit um, in 2020. He's hoping to bounce back from a not-so-good year last year. And, uh, and the guy that's impressed the coaches the most, Keith Cooper. He played as a freshman last year. Um, was more of a basketball player in high school than a football player. Now he's he 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 he's learned he's got incredible incredible length. He's he's one of those guys with long long arms. He uses his leverage well, his hands well. The coaches think he's going to have a breakthrough end. He's actually starting ahead of Angelo Anderson right now at end. Really? And I, I, yeah, I think the depth there is good. I mean, because yeah, Angelo Anderson's a good player now. Yes, he is. <laughs> That's why you surprised me when you said that. Keith Cooper's just outperformed him in preseason. That's the area where you don't have drop-off when you bring in the backups. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple other guys the coaches love. Devane Deal are, um, is backing up Darius Hodges. He's actually spent almost as much time on the first team as Hodges in, in the preseason. Mm-hmm. He was injured for most of last year. And then Carlos Hatcher, they were expecting huge things from him last year. He was probably going to be a starter, and he suffered a, a knee injury before the year and missed the year. Um, there, there's a lot of depth at the outside. So, I, I again, I, I – I, I think I think the defensive line is going to be better than, than people anticipate. And, and like Adonis Frelo told me today, if you're not good in the interior of the defensive line, you're not good. <laughs> and so that's true. And right, he's totally right. And I, I like obviously look, Jeffrey Johnson's irreplaceable. You don't get another guy like him. But they have enough guys that can do a lot of different things. That I don't think there's going to be a drop off on the defensive line. I don't think that's going to be an area that hurts Tulane this year. Do you like the skill position players on paper? I like them. I mean, yeah. Look. I think James is, is going to be an NFL tight end. Uh, and, of yeah. course, you've got to like the quarterback position. Hopefully, Ibietta is healthy this mm-hmm. year in case something happens to Pratt. But yeah. you've been talking about the wide receivers. We know the, we know the running back room is stacked. Yeah. You like the wide receivers. You I, like I the do. newcomers coming in, don't you? It, 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 this, you know, the situation that Tulane has at wide receiver kind of reminds me of what the Saints have going on. And the, the Saints won two and three wide receivers last year, automatically became the four, five, and six wide receivers after their moves in, in the offseason. It's not that dramatic at Tulane, but it's kind of a similar concept when they brought in Lawrence Keyes um, from Notre Dame and Day-Day McDougal from, from Maryland. Lawrence Keyes in particular is just more polished than, than any receiver I've seen at Tulane. I mean, obviously Darnell Mooney has had an unbelievable career in the NFL already, but in terms of just the, the, the total package, Lawrence Keyes is, is, is the real deal. And I think the competition that he and McDougal have, have brought in has helped the other receivers get better. I mean, the, the, the Watts twins have been, they're talented, but especially fat Watts has been incredibly inconsistent, had hand problems. haven't seen that from him um, in the preseason. Deuce Watts um, it, 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 it has had a good preseason. The one guy I'd say that needs to up his game is, is, is Jaquan Jackson, who I thought was maybe going to be an all 
American Athletic Conference receiver last year, hurt his knee in preseason, never seemed to really recover from it, even though he played all of last year. He's dropped a few passes this week, and, and I just haven't seen him make as many plays as some of these other guys, but that's because these other guys are just playing better. Um, and, and the other guy I'm going to credit is their, their new wide receivers coach, um, John McManam. And um, he was an offensive coordinator um, in division two. He was a head coach in division two when, when Willie Fritz hired him as the receivers coach, whatever he's doing, these guys look like a completely different unit than they have in, in the past. Just, just more confident, holding on to balls, getting open for the most part. I, 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 I think the receivers are the most improved unit on the team. And, and you're right, they're stacked at running back. So if they can get confident to, to good play at receiver, they're far ahead of the game than where they've been in the last few years. How much has the offense changed from last year to this year? Yeah, it has, but that's the part I have the hardest time reading because, again, they've only scrimmaged twice. I mean, I'm watching practice every day. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one area I think they have changed from the past. I think they take more shots than they did down down downfield, and, again, the key for that is you better protect well. I mean, it's easy to take shots in practice a lot of times, but I'm definitely noticing that they're throwing the ball downfield more, and they're completing a heck of a lot more downfield it kind of reminds me of the first game Pratt, Michael Pratt ever played at Tulane. He comes in against Southern Miss, um, and and I went when Tulane's trailing in the first quarter, and 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 he immediately is throwing the ball down the field. You know, twenty five yards, thirty yards, hitting guys. That seems to be the approach this year. The, the, it's, it's not bombs away, but it's, it's not just short passing all the time, which is it, it's funny because the, the offensive coordinator, Jim Svoboda, he says he's a West Coast offense guy. Um, to, he melds it with marriage and marries it with other concepts. And, and my thought from when I hear West Coast is a lot, a lot of short passing. But uh, I, I, I think you know, they're going to take advantage of the skill that they have. And again, if the offensive line can protect, if they can protect Michael Pratt, I think you're going to be seeing a lot more big plays out of the two-lane passing game this year than in the past. And hopefully he protects himself. And, yeah, and, and that's the other key. The last few years. Huh? Right. Yeah, because the line, they, yeah, let's face it, the line isn't the reason he suffered a concussion against SMU last year. <laughs> that was him running downfield and then not sliding in, in, in time. That had, that, that, that had nothing to do with the offensive line. You know, they, they've been emphasizing that from him from day one. You know, Willie Fritz is old, the same line as all the time. His first down, touchdown, get down. And, and Michael Pratt has not listened well enough to that. If you can get the first down, try to get it. If you can get, then, then slide. If you can get the touchdown, you got to sell out. But other than that, do not take any, any unnecessary hits. It obviously goes against Pratt's nature, but he's, he's a smart guy. I mean, you, you suffer a hit like he did against SMU. That's going to mm-hmm. affect your behavior down the road. And I assume that he's going to be much better this year at avoiding the unnecessary um, jarring hits. Based on what they've done in the transfer portal, based on what they've done in terms of uh, bringing the recruits they brought in, uh, guys that, again, they've been on this team, like you've talked about, that maybe, again, got a little playing time last year, but now have ascended themselves yep. into at least a, uh, a role where they're one or two on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a 500 team or just above 500 and, and a, uh, a bowl team. You see yeah. them. This is on paper for me. You put the eyeballs on them. Do you agree yeah, with I that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think this is a bowl team. I'm not sure this is a team that can do more than they did in the years before last year just because of the, the schedule. I mean, I, it cracks me up when I hear Tulane fans talk about, well, S, you know, Cincinnati's nowhere near as good as they were last year, so they're beatable. Well, yeah, maybe they're, they're not as good as they were last year, but it's a road game in November at the end of the year against a program that's recruited at an elite level yeah. and, and is incredibly yeah. well coached. But – I do think this is a bold team. I think this could be Willie Fritz's best team in his in his um in his seven years as coach. And 
you know, the key is going to be winning those close games. Tulane, look, let's face it, Tulane has thrown away games um, each year um, under uh, the, 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 the shouldn't have lost. I mean, you go back to that Navy game two years ago. That was one of the most Gosh. inexplicable losses I've ever seen. Um, and they ended up making a bowl game anyway that year. If they can, if they just don't blow the games that they have a chance to win, then they can get above that that 500 barrier and actually become a contender in the AAC. And obviously that's what they're all shooting for, and that's what all Tulane fans want to see at this point. Yeah, no doubt about it. Gary, tell us about your fantastic site, uh, what you got coming up for us on NOLA.com, and how folks can follow you on social media. Sure. Again, it's, it's Tulane.Rivals.com, um, the, the WaveReport.com. Um, you can go on there. It's, 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 $8. it's basically $8 a month for subscription. Um, it's, it's well worth the price. Again, you're not getting that coverage anywhere else. And the advocate writing a story every day. You can look for, we're doing a little preview on Saturday where I'm going to do a depth chart analysis, answer five questions for the um, keys for the, for the season. You can look for that on, uh, it's actually going to be in Sunday's paper. And I, right as we speak, as we get off the phone, I'll be finishing my, my story on the defensive tackle. It's sort of centers on no, no Italian. It's just because he's had such a rough first two years at Tulane and it looks like he's going to be part of the right. rotation. But I get those other guys into Adonis Frelo, Patrick Jenkins, um, and, and and, and, and quotes just how Willie Fritz just is really, really pleased with the development up front. All right, all you Tulane fans out there want to put the stopwatch on me on the TV show that, again, are always complaining that we don't cover enough Tulane, uh, remember the Wave Report, okay? That should be your first stop if you're a real Tulane fan. Subscribe to the Wave Report. At Gary Smith on Twitter. Gary, always appreciate your time each and every week. Game week next week, baby. Re- get ready yeah. for it. Can't wait. I'm about run out of story ideas. Uh, <laughs> I'm, on some preview. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to actually being preview to preview a game. <laughs> Amen to that. And, of course, I'm looking forward to us talking about a game as well. Yep, no doubt. Yep. Have a great week. We'll talk with you next week. Thanks for having me on. There he goes, Gary Smith, always, always. Uh, and, of course, uh, remember, Wave Report. Uh, get out there, Tulane fans, subscribe. All right, uh, don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. You're in the market for a generator. I told you I talked to Jason Burkhardt yesterday. Uh, you know, there was, a, there was a log jam for a long time where, again, you had to wait on your generator because the generators weren't coming through. Burkhardt made a huge purchase of generators. So, again, now they have generators in stock at their warehouse in Mandeville. So they're ready to be able to install those in your home. Remember when I tell you single-day install? All you got to do, call Burkhart. Jason Burkhart will come out to your home, do a consultation, find out what you're looking for for a generator or your uh, for your home or your business. Once you guys come to an agreement, he'll put you on the calendar for a single-day install. Uh, you can finance that over time, again, with low monthly notes. Uh, remember, the new install quality check after one month. They do that for everything they install for their customers. And then, of course, with Burkhart, it's so easy. I mean, the whole process, they take care of everything, planning, permits, inspections. There are multiple inspections you have to have now, again, with, with generators. And also, again, they're experts. They know where the generator needs to go so, again, it can safely operate at your home or your business. This dedicated generator team, all they do is generators. At Burkhart, they're the experts. Remember, 24-7, 365 emergency service. Doesn't matter whether you have uh, your generator put in by another company. They can service it for you. It's Burkhart. You can trust Burkhart. Generator sales and service are their business. ACpromise.com. That's ACpromise.com. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Uh, again, brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, and the Hideout Bar. All are open late. All are open seven days a week. Go out there and get yourself a fantastic cocktail, a great meal at one of the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Jordy Collada's up next. Don't move. 
New Orleans, the North Shore, and worldwide at NashFM1061.com. Country for Life, 1061, Nash Icon. This report is sponsored by eBay Motors. You might not have the biggest garage on the block, but with eBay Motors, there's 122 million parts right at your fingertips. Whatever you need, there's something that fits your vehicle. Air filters, tires, seat covers, and more. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. 10 East Bond, your delays are steady from just past Elysian Fields to the high rise. Look out for delays that are solid on the 610 on the westbound side, right at Canal Boulevard. Also, in the meantime, look out for an accident blocking the left lane on 10 eastbound at Crowder. In the meantime, also look out for accidents Franklin Avenue at North Claiborne and also Palmetto at South Carrollton. I'm at Robinson Broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory. 467 Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Sportsbeat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sportsbeat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportsbeat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can have. At Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, their number one priority is treating people right. Take it from me, Eric Asher. It means getting there quickly in an emergency. They'll be on time and do a perfect job. And it means they promise to give everyone a fair price every time. So if you're looking for a better experience from your generator AC company, or you just got a big quote from someone else and you want a second opinion, let the folks at Burkhardt earn your trust and treat you right. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. Get ready to indulge your palate with the flavor it deserves. From blackened bayou duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill, 739 Conti in the heart of the fun, 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily. We know what you're missing in your kitchen. Oceana Grill. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6. Brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, The Hideout Bar, and Bobby Bear's Cage of Cannon Restaurant, a voted number one restaurant in memory by TripAdvisor. Uh, if you, uh, it's football season, right? I mean, you're looking for a place to hang out with your friends. I mean, again, I mean, a lot of people want to go to sports bar, but you want, to, you want the, the best of both. You know, a sports bar atmosphere with, again, great memorabilia and, again, fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, and, again, not bar food. 
food, okay? I'm talking about, again, a restaurant, full-service restaurant with a menu with something for everyone. You know, yes, it's Cajun Creole cuisine, but it's so much more. Also, again, amazing cocktails from, one of, some, again, uh, some of the city's uh, best mixologists. Uh, that beer selection is second to none. And then TV's everywhere. You'll never miss a play. 30-plus television screens all over the, um, uh, the restaurant and bar. You can belly up to the bar. You can, again, grab a, a seat uh, in, in, the, in the restaurant. Uh, and, of course, even if you have to go to the restroom, you'll never miss a play. There's even TVs in the restroom. Yes, folks. TVs in the restroom. Uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurants is, is unique because it's a perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. And when I talk about the sports culture, I'm talking about one-of-a-kind uh, memorabilia pieces that are all over the restaurant. It's almost like a museum, okay? And if you're a memorabilia buff like me, you can spend hours just going in and checking out the stuff. It's one-of-a-kind. Uh, remember, Bobby Bear's t- uh, is, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. They are open late. To find out more, go to BobbyABears.com. Bobby A. Bears, Cajun Cannon Restaurant, so good. All part of the Oceana family of restaurants. All right. Uh, thanks to Gary Smith for joining us. Our good friend Jordy Collada. The Jordy Collada Show joins us now, and I've said it before. If you are not watching Jordy Collada every day, first of all, you're not being entertained. Second of all, you're not getting great information on what's going on with LSU, but also what's going on with all the home teams. i said this before. People say, man, why do you want to ask Jordy questions about the Saints and the Pelicans? Jordy is a talk show host. He can cover it all. And he's knowledgeable when it comes to all of it. Um, he's getting some of the best guests out there. He's breaking stories constantly. And, again, I'm just proud to have him as part of our rotation on our program. Jordy Collada, the Jordy Collada Show, joins us now on the program. Jordy, how are you, bud? Hey, good to be back. Thanks for having me as always, man. Always good. Okay, here we go. Uh, we are, what, um, what is it, about 11 days? Is it 11 days left? Uh, oh, 10 days before the, uh, uh, the next game. Um, Jordy, how close do you think they are in naming a quarterback? Do you think that Brian Kelly pretty much knows who it is and just kind of holding his back? Or, or do you think this is a situation where, like what he said, that both guys are going to play at some point? Yeah, look, I think internally he's probably told them who's going to start game one. I, I think that they're in to preparation and the team needs to know and Kelly needs to name one. But look, if there was an answer on the test or an answer to the question that says that Jaden Daniels will start Garrett Nussmeyer will play, and the competition will stay open for the first couple of weeks before he really settles in on somebody. That would really be my answer. I, I think that there's a couple of competitions on this team need that you know they'll have some starters out there game one, first series, but they're going to play all the guys. I look at you know quarterback obviously being being the most glaring, but in other spots, I think that there's there's really good competition. They got guys that they trust that are beyond you know the the top guy at each position and. You know, for, for that, I think that the competition will roll uh, into the year uh, before ultimately they 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 decide who they're gonna who they're gonna take into SEC play. You know, Jordy, nobody wants a, you know, a situation where you're playing two quarterbacks, right? I mean, the team wants to get behind one quarterback. You really want to have that guy. But, you know, right now, the way this, this program is, and, and considering how close we, we at least are hearing these guys are, I would not have an issue in seeing both guys playing in a game, you know, and, and having them, you know, have the opportunity to get some snaps. And I think you almost have to before you get into SEC play. What are your thoughts? No, I think that that's what you'll see. And, look, Brian Kelly has shown in the past that he's not scared to do that. I mean, he'll, he'll play – He'll play two guys. He'll change the pace of the game. And I think he's got two pace changers. I really do. I think Nussmeyer is, is a really good you know, game manager, a guy that you could ask to manage the game that can you know, really take that on and, and, and be a good player for you. And then Jaden Daniels is a guy that, that, that truly is a threat 
at that position that, you know, he's going to put a lot of pressure on the defense as far as having to guard the run and, you know, being somebody that's threat back there from a mobile standpoint. So, um, I look, I, I, I'm with you. I, I see a scenario and, and can easily see a scenario where two quarterbacks are playing uh, end of the year. And I'm not talking about running the two-quarterback system where they're changing in and out every play. I mean, I've, you know, maybe even like going back to the, 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 the late 80s with, with Tommy Hodgson and Mickey Guidry where, you know, Guidry would get, he'd get a series every, every mm-hmm. half or they would give him a series or two every half where they would just change the pace of the game. They would give somebody else an opportunity to come in there and, you know, just kind of go at the defense. And I think that's what they have. And I think that's probably the, 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 the formula that they're going to use once it all kind of spells out. Do you think they've settled in on an offensive line now? Who, who's going to play where at this point? I do. I think they got seven guys, though. You know, I mean, I think that, you know, for the, the majority of camp, when you look at that offensive line, Bill, you know, from left to right, you've had Will Campbell, true freshman out of Neville. You've had Tremont Shorts at left guard who transferred in from East Tennessee, played a lot of football over there. The center is Garrett Dellinger, you know, a guy that, that's never played center in his life. He's, he's transitioned over there just because he's probably their best offensive lineman and can handle that responsibility. Uh, you know, the right guard spot, they've had Miles Frazier, who transferred in from FIU. And then at right, guard, right tackle, they've had Anthony Bradford. They've also, you know, kicked Bradford down to guard and put Cam Wire out there at the right tackle spot. And, you know, Emory Jones is a true freshman out of here in Baton Rouge. And, you know, I think that he's pushing for, for some time. So I think they got seven guys that they really they, they, they like. But I think that the first unit of, you know, Campbell, Shorts, Dellinger, Frazier, and and Bradford are the guys that they probably feel the most comfortable with right now. Got to ask you about John Emery. I've asked uh, other uh, yeah. uh, uh, correspondents to cover LSU about it. Do you think it's a little bit of overkill with the NCAA is doing right now with the extra two games of suspension? Everything we heard is, again, that, uh, and again, this is hearsay right now, okay, because they can't comment on academics, is that he's in good standing. He's done what was asked of him. Uh, on the football side, we know Brian Kelly says he's done everything he's needed to do on the football side. And it just seems like, again, uh, the NCAA, could, you know, uh, one season is enough. Leading it into the next season is overkill. No, it's, it's it's beyond overkill. E, it really is. I mean, talk about a guy in Emory last year that had, you know, look, man, first and foremost, let the record state that John Emory's got accountability on this. He put himself in a position where all this stuff can happen. But, you know, since that decision was ultimately made last year before the opener at UCLA, he, he, he missed his junior season of athletics. He's gotten himself back into good academic standing with the university. He's recommitted, not recommitted, he's committed to the football program and really you know, gotten himself prepared to play for his senior season. It just sucks, man. It really does because, you know, the guy was in a good headspace, and he still is. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's just the, the, the NCAA who, you know, has just been the absolute poster child of, of bad public relations has an opportunity here to, to look at a kid who's paid his, his debt He's taken his medicine. He's, he's, he's taken what, what happened to him, and he's spun it into a real positive and gotten himself ready to play. And, you know, the NCAA still is, is, is dealing with a heavy hand, and it just it doesn't make any sense. I hate it for, for Emory. It sucks mm-hmm. for Kelly and, and the offensive staff. But, yeah, I think, you know, this is, this is a, another great example of, of the NCAA just – just being totally out of their element, you know, just just not having a real idea and clue about, uh, you know, the the, the livelihood and the, and and the, and the people behind these 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 chaotic choices 
and irresponsible decisions that that they they deemed down. And look, don't get me wrong, man. John Emery, he 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 was a knucklehead for a minute, and sure. and he 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 brought some of this stuff on his onto his plate. But he's taking his medicine, <laughs> you know. I mean, he's he served his penalty. I mean, a junior season for a guy like Emery is a monumental time in that kid's life. I mean, that's yes. the money season for him to try and go on to to try and extend his prep, you know, his professional career and and go out there for and, and earn and you know ultimately he didn't have that and 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 he that that was that was sacrificed because or not sacrificed it was just taken away from him and now right. he, he's gotten himself ready and and he's you know done everything that he's supposed to do there's nothing that and Brian Kelly has said that numerous times where you know he's he's pointed out that Kelly's in good standing with him and and, and his direction of the program he's done everything that they've been asked or they've asked him to do, and, you know, it just sucks. It really does because, um, you know, I mean, what, what, a, what a great opportunity for him to open up his senior season in his hometown, you know, yeah. kind of going, going after, a, uh, you know, he's making a run for his team to be a leader, and he's also making a run up to the draft podium for the NFL, and it would have started on that night. And, and I just hate to see it. I hate to see it for him, but they're in an appeal process, but you can tell with the way that they're divvying up the reps that they – they obviously don't feel too good about that appeal because, uh, you know, he's he, he's Noah Kane and Armani Goodwin are getting mm. the majority of the first team reps right now, and you know, yeah. John Emery's not he's not he's not the third he's not the third best back on this team. I can assure you. How good is this defense? The defense is fantastic. You know, I mean, I, I think that the defensive line is the reason why I believe that LSU is. I mean, for the lack of a better term, blowout proof. You know, I mean, I, I just, I don't think they'll, they'll be in every single game because you just can't, you can't shove them around on the on the defensive line. Can't they're going to own the line of scrimmage in those? And I'm talking about against everybody, against Alabama, against Florida State, against Texas A&M. I mean, if they can stay healthy and 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 they can develop a couple of guys like, you know. Um, Desmond Littles had a really good camp, a guy that we don't talk about. Quincy Wiggins is a true freshman who really looks the right. part that can come in and spell it on some third downs. Um, you know, Savion Smith is a guy that can help him out. Um, but, but you know, that front four of Mason Smith, Jaqueline Roy, Allie Gay, and B.J. Ojolari, I mean, that's, that's four high-end draft picks. That's not four mm-hmm. pros. That's four potential First rounders, and 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 sure. I say that, I say that with, with 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 all due respect to the process. I mean that's that those guys are exactly what you are looking for at those spots, and they're athletic, they're long, they can get after the passer, and you know when when you look at those guys up front, you know I think the linebackers is probably going to be the the position of the most pleasant surprise when when you look at this team. Greg Penn, you know he had a, he had a pretty good freshman season last year. He started to come on at the end. He's had a fantastic spring and. And summer, he's going to start, and I think he'll start next to Mike Jones Jr. And then it's only a matter of time, e before Harold Perkins, the mm-hmm. true freshman, gets on the field. I mean, he, he's got the type of talent, you know, he's got that Fournette type talent where you just you can't keep him off the field. I mean, at some point, he's going to break through, and when he does, it really doesn't matter who, who he upends. They're just not going to be as good as him. You know, I mean, it, it just he's too fast, he's too. Di- I'm telling you, e with the running back problems that they have. Behind closed right. doors, they have contemplated giving Harold Perkins the ball. You know, that's wow. just to give you the idea of, of the type of athlete that he is. Uh, very much like Devin White. 
You know, I mean, when yep. you remember yep. when Devin White got here, mm-hmm. I mean, he was one of the top running backs in the state. They moved him to linebacker, and, you know, he won the Butkus Award. So, I mean, right. you know, just, a, just a, a freak-type athlete. And then those DBs, we mentioned them. I mean, they got the transfer mm-hmm. guys, you know, and, and with that front seven, you know, I mean, it, they're going to be putting pressure, harassing the passer, and there, there should be balls flying around out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to see if it's going to be a ball honking secondary. It's the biggest question mark I have. You know, a lot of these transfers, got some guys that played in the SEC, some have not. Are they SEC caliber? And, again, you make a great point. You get the pass rush, you get that second level to a lockdown by your linebackers, it's going to help the third level. Oh, without a question. And, look, LSU's got – they've got a front four that is going to keep them in every single game. They'll keep them in every game. I really believe that. And, and the offensive line is another position that has been one of pleasant surprise. You know, I mean, I think a very much a testament to the way that Brian Kelly has restored this roster. I mean, e, if, if you watch the Houston, the Texas Bowl in Houston on January 4th, and, and you, you, you saw LSU board the bus to go home, I mean, there, there were serious contemplation. How are they going to field units oh, yeah. at defensive back and offensive line? And with the, what they've done to build, you know, some pretty good depth. You know, I mean, like we mm-hmm. said, they got four guys at corner that they – I think they trust, and I think they got seven or eight guys on the offensive line that they, you know, if they get into a pinch, they could play. And, you know, I think that's – if you'd have told Brian Kelly that on January 4th when he was watching that Houston Bowl, I don't know if he'd have believed you, but <laughs> yeah. here he is now going into the season with it. Well, a lot of hard work in the offseason, and, again, that's why I've said all along, and I think we both talked about it, it's a foundation year. And this is the guy yeah. that's put the foundation down, and this is the beginning of something, again, maybe the next decade, that LSU football will be back under the sky. I think just uh, the fans have to be just a little patient. Jordy, again, oh, right. I, I pre- go ahead, I'm sorry, please. Well, I mean, he, I mean, this is his, his first roster. If his first right. roster has Kayshawn Booty, Allie Gay, Mason Smith, B.J. O'Jaleri, and he's, you know, kind of has pressure off of him, he's got to be thinking in his office like, gee, <laughs> I mean, like, hey, this is, this is probably as good a roster as, as, as he's ever had. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be, you know, a first-year expectation type for him. So I, I think he's sitting in a great spot. I love the fact that they're not ranked. I love the fact that nobody has expectation on them because this is a team that, you know, you may look up in, in, in late October, November, that might be one of the scariest in the country to, 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 to face – to go up against. I'm with you. I'm with you. Jordy, I got about a minute and a half. I want you to, yep. again, take your time and tell everybody about your fantastic show, what you got going on, maybe some past interviews you've had this week, and what you got coming up for us. Yeah, actually, tomorrow we're talking to Greg Brooks, who is the transfer safety from Arkansas, Louisiana, New Orleans native, is going to be in studio with us. He's probably going to be the starting nickel, you know, when we talk about these DBs. And, and, and he, that's probably what they're going to run defensively. They'll probably run the majority of the time five defensive backs and Greg Brooks is going to be one of those guys. He'll be in studio with us tomorrow. You can catch out all the interviews, catch up with all the interviews uh, just by logging onto YouTube, search Jordy Collada Show. Easiest way to find us is on social media, whatever social media platform you like, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Just search at Collada Show, and uh, you'll catch all the content. Love the show, man. Love having you each and every week. Thanks so much for your time, as always. Yeah, you love being here, man. Thanks. See you. You got it, bud. We'll talk to you next week. Again, at Jordy Collada on Twitter, the Jordy Collada Show. It is can't miss. Again, I'd say can't miss radio. It's can't miss TV. No doubt about it. All right, folks. Uh, don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. You come home tonight, even though we've had milo temperatures for, for August, right? AC's not working. Come on, man. I got to have a ceiling fan and the AC gone. Remember Burkhardt. 
Uh, again, 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call, after-hours service with a Burkhardt uh, employee answering the phone and dispatching a Burkhardt employee to your home or your business, only doing the work that's necessary. Truly a company can trust. It's Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, and Hideout Bar. All are open late. All are open seven days a week. We'll be right back. Dave Miet Insurance is a full-service independent insurance agency since 1958, offering auto, home, life, health, business, and commercial policies, serving the East Bank, West Bank, North Shore, South Shore, and River Parishes. Dave Miet Insurance is your one-stop insurance specialist. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMietInsAgency.com. Eric Ash here with my good friend Mike Delahousie of the TikTok Cafe. Mike, I was craving the best breakfast in town. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, but they were close, so I'm back here at the TikTok Cafe instead. You know, that's not nice. Come on, man. You know we aim to please. You got to get a better aim, pal. Stop. You know we never close, huh? Well, neither does the morgue, so what's your point? Ah, you're unbelievable. You know, you got to admit, we've got the best prices in town. Gluten-free? I think you're missing the point, bud. The TikTok Cafe in the heart of Metairie at Causeway and I-10 are better known as the intersection of diabetes and high cholesterol. Oceana Grill, bourbon at Conti in the French Quarter. Voted top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. Open seven days a week, home in New Orleans' best breakfast. There's something for everyone on our menu. Serving Cajun Creole dishes that will delight for lunch and dinner. Fantastic cocktails that will amaze. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter courtyard. We have five private rooms that can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests for dining or your next event. Oceana Grill is family friendly, but perfect for an incredible dining experience with friends or that special someone. Order online for delivery at Oceanagrill.com. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, voted the number one restaurant in Metairie by TripAdvisor. A place where you can enjoy a great meal with family or hanging out with friends watching the game. A mouthwatering menu that has something for everyone. Amazing cocktails and an incredible beer selection. TVs everywhere. You'll never miss a play. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique. The perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. Order online for delivery at BobbyAbears.com. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. Cookie wants to be a professional wrestler. I'm Cookie Serratos, and I'm 11 years old. She also wants to win all the medals. That's why Cookie and her family make every day count, squeezing out her best with Go-Go Squeeze. Okay, Cookie, let's break for a Go-Go Squeeze. Go-Go Squeeze fruit-on-the-go pouches are a nutritious snack made from 100% fruit with no sugar added. Go, Cookie! Because when you nurture your kids, you squeeze out the best in them. Squeeze out their best with Go-Go Squeeze. Not a low-calorie food. Products range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving. Have you ever noticed that when the afternoon light hits your floors, you can see everything, including dust? So much dust. And that floor dust gets kicked up into the air, compromising the quality of air you and your family breathe. Eesh. Swiffer Heavy Duty Sweeper is the fast and easy way to clean your floors with ultra-thick pads that trap and lock dust before it gets in the air. Just a couple minutes a day. And dust is gone. Swiffer Heavy Duty Sweeper. (sighs) Proud partner of the American Lung Association. 
Get ready for Luke Bryan. Live. Raised Up Right Tour. Saturday, August 27th. Smoothie King Center. Luke Bryan. With special guests. Riley Green. Mitchell Tenpenny and DJ Rock. Tickets are on sale now. Get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Don't miss Luke Bryan, Raised Up Right Tour. All right, folks. I want to thank Jordy Collada, also Gary Smith, for joining us. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, and Idaho Bar. Get out there and enjoy a meal or cocktail at the Oceana Family Restaurants. Eric Asher with you till 6. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the Dudley Devon Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors. Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan.
Hour number two of Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until six, four to six weekdays right here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon on your radio dial. Remember, you catch the show on our digital platforms, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, NashFM1061.com and EricAsher.com on the World Wide Web. Our podcast is everywhere. Anchors our home base on your favorite podcasting platform. Just search Inside New Orleans Show with Eric Asher. And, of course, our social media platforms. We'd love you to get involved in the conversation. Uh, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram. Uh, Doug Mouton, sports director over at WWL TV Sports, joined me on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports this afternoon with our live broadcast every Thursday at 1 p.m. on WLAE TV. Also live streaming on the WLAE TV YouTube page. If you missed it, you know, because maybe you were working, right? <laughs> uh, how about uh, checking us out tonight at 6 o'clock uh, on LAE? Or tonight, 10 o'clock on The Deuce, WLA-TV 2. I could tell you about WLA-TV 3 and 4, but we'd be here all day. Uh, Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on WLAE. Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on The Deuce. Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. Always on our social media platforms. Always at EricAsher.com and always on the WLATV YouTube page. And we'll have that on our social media platforms uh, posted tonight for you, especially if you're outside of the viewing area of, of uh, either WLE or Pelican. And Pelican reaches Alexandria, uh, Baton Rouge, uh, um, also Lafayette, New Orleans. So pretty much from the central part of the state down, uh, you can catch the program on Pelican Sports Television. And again, we're, we're proud, that, again, that they've picked the show up. And uh, it's hard to believe. I was looking on, on, on the... You know, you get the memory portion of the um, of the uh, of your Facebook page, right? And of course, I did. It pops up today, and I'm looking at it, and I'm reading it. And of course, uh, my announcement was today, nine years ago, 2013, uh, of, of again the the first show of the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports. Back then, it wasn't award-winning; it was just Inside New Orleans Sports. And of course, it started on September the 5th, 2013, and uh, just been so blessed. Uh, God has blessed me so much with the opportunity again to uh, come to you each and every day here on the airwaves, on radio, and of course to have this television show, which has been a success. Uh, I give all the glory to God. I say it right now because uh, it's been an incredible ride, it really has. And this goes to show you, and I'll say it again. You know, uh, follow your dreams, no matter how again hard those dreams seem to follow to be followed. Follow your dreams. Uh, this is not. This is something I wanted to do coming growing up. Uh, something I, I couldn't do, uh, again, because of family obligations, but uh, something that I came back to later in life. And, uh, look, I'm a perfect example of, again, you can change your path in life to something you want to you do and something you feel like you can do well. Uh, and, uh, you know, it just takes hard work and, and determination. So get out there, and, again, if you've got a dream, follow it, man, even if it's part-time. Look, I had to do other jobs before I got back into this and did this full-time. Do what you got to do to make your dreams come true. Uh, mine have definitely come true, no doubt about it. Having the opportunity to be with you guys each and every weekday. And, of course, our television show, which has, again, been a great, great success as well. Hey, Ross Jackson is going to join us in about four minutes from um, Locked On Saints podcast. Fletcher Mackle of Channel 6 Sports will join us at 535 this afternoon. And speaking of blessings, the sponsors that have sponsored this program, uh, some since day one, some shortly after Katrina. It was the Beta Brothers that, that again, jumped on right after Katrina. 
and uh, they, they have been a mainstay sponsor on this program. And I'm so proud, again, to be able to have the ability to be able to promote their restaurants. You know, we've talked about it. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, uh, Mambo's, um, uh, and, and, of course, how, again, the Bader Brothers have come in. You know, you're talking about restaurants that were empty on Bourbon Street, right? Old New Orleans Cookery was empty, okay? Uh, the uh, Mambo's was a, was a decrepit strip club that was causing nothing but problems. Um, and, of course, you know, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant went through a bunch of different um, owners of the restaurant, uh, okay, before Bobby, uh, Bobby's, the, before the Bader Brothers put Bobby's uh, uh, in there. And, of course, it's been a mainstay on veterans ever since. But let's talk about the, uh, the mothership, Oceanic Grill. Uh, again, first of all, amazing. Uh, top 10 U.S. restaurant, okay, for everyday dining uh, in the United States, voted by TripAdvisor. In the United States, okay, um, open seven days a week for you. I'm telling you right now, if you love breakfast, and I mean, if you're one of those people just, again, when you go to another town, you got to go try the breakfast out, or you try breakfast spots out, try Oceana. I'm, I'm telling you, incredible breakfast. Great selection for you. Uh, sure, you get your traditional breakfast, but the crepes are incredible. I'm just all the way down the line, okay? And then, of course, you talk about the mimosas, the, uh, the, uh, also the, uh, the Bloody Marys. There's their, their loaded Bloody Mary with all the seafood on it. Uh, I, I don't know. It's a meal in itself. And then, of course, uh, you're talking about cocktails. Oh, when I say cocktails, I'm talking about some of the best mixologists in, in all of uh, New Orleans uh, that, that are, again, part of the Oceana family of restaurants. They will make you ooh and ah as they bring out the, uh, the, the, the drinks to the, to, to your, uh, to the other guest. Uh, you'll be there going, I want this, I want that, I want this. They're just so good. And then, of course, uh, Cajun Creole dishes that will delight for lunch and dinner for you. Uh, breakfast starts at, at uh, 8 a.m., goes to 1 p.m. Uh, lunch is 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. Dinner and service is from 4 p.m. until 1 a.m. until the party stops. They close about 1, but look, if there's an overflow or people still dining, they're open. Um, and, of course, uh, when you talk about uh, the, the menu, not only Cajun Creole uh, dishes, but also, again, other dishes that will even, so, uh, again, um, that even the most finicky eater, okay, uh, and I got one, okay, in my family, will find something on that menu they can enjoy. Uh, they've got five private rooms that can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests for your next event. They can put on a party at Oceana Grill. And then, of course, if they're not utilizing that for a party, they utilize that, again, for overflow. And don't forget about their authentic French Quarter Courtyard. Beautiful by day, spectacular by night, also dog-friendly. Uh, man, I tell you what, Oceana Grill uh, just steps off Bourbon Street. It's an incredible experience uh, for you, for you uh, in terms of dining. Uh, bring your family out there, your friends. Maybe you don't go on a first date. Maybe it's you and, and your significant other. Again, just going to have a night out. Or maybe you're trying to close that business deal. Do it at Oceana. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. To find out more, go to Oceanagrill.com. Oceana Grill, open 8 a.m. until 1 a.m. daily. All right. All right, let's, um, let's, let's head back to the guest line. And the guest joining us on the program has been, uh, again, a, uh, a big part of what we're doing now. He's in the rotation. I'm glad to have him. I think he's one of the hardest working individuals in our, in our business. Uh, it's been a meteoric rise for him over the last few years. Uh, again, uh, he is the uh, host of Locked On Saints podcast, but he's now with Saints Wire by, by uh, uh, USA Today. Uh, again, you can get that coming right into your, your Facebook page, your Twitter box, or your, uh, or your Twitter feed, or your email box, uh, like I do, so you never miss any, any of his articles. And, of course, now the newest member of CrescentySports.com. Ross Jackson joins us on the program. He covers the New Orleans Saints. Ross, how are you, my friend? Hey, buddy. I'm doing great, man. Uh, always a pleasure to be on with you. How are you holding up today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, again, uh, looking forward to – we just – I mean, look, we know – 
the first preseason game at home is tomorrow, only game. But, again, then you got 16-day wait, which is good because the team gets to heal up and get ready uh, for the regular season against um, Atlanta. But next week, college football starting up. So, man, look, I'm in my wheelhouse now, man. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at that uh, LSU and Florida State game. There's a, there's a part of me that's awesome. looking forward to that almost as much as I'm looking forward to the, uh, the Saints opener in Atlanta. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm jazzed for college yeah. football to be back especially. And Ross has really done a great job. Ross, Ross was at every practice up in Green Bay. He's been at every practice at that Saints camp. Again, so truly covering the team uh, for you. And again, so many ways. And look, he's great on, on social media as well. Active on social media, answer, answering questions of, of, again, fans that want to know things, but also, again, bringing great information. Like I said it before, when camp was going on, I couldn't get out there because of business obligations. So I would watch Ross's uh, recap every single day before I went on air. Because it gave me, again, who was playing, who was, who was on the field, who was off the field. So it does a great job, again, keeping you informed uh, as a Saints fan. Let me ask you this. First, um, first training camp for Dennis Allen as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, how do you think it went? I think it went well. I mean, I, I think that Dennis Allen showed you a couple of different things. I mean, first of all, the respect that he has, or excuse me, the respect that the roster, the players have for him is clearly – there and I don't even just mean the defensive players. I mean the offensive players as well. Obviously, he's very familiar with the defensive players. He's been there since about 2015 uh, with guys like you know Cam Jordan and all. And so you know there there are the players that he obviously has a long-standing relationship over on the defensive side. But even on the offensive side, I mean you know look there was a lot going on, a lot to be said around what was going on with Michael Thomas over the course of the offseason and everything. I think a lot of that got blown out of proportion personally. But there were people that were questioning you know whether or not it mostly nationally, not necessarily here that were questioning about whether or not, you know, Michael Thomas was even going to be willing to play for the team anymore and all these other things. And, and, you know, again, I think that that got overblown quite a bit, but, you know, some of the question marks around what this team would look like without Sean Payton, I think Dennis Allen answered quickly in terms of what it is that, you know, this team is going to look like going into 2022 and the leadership that he has brought and, you know, the relationship that he has with these players and going out to, to LA to, or to California to visit with Michael Thomas over the course of the off season. His coaching hires were really, um, you know, impressive. Bringing back Doug Marone, adding Bob McNell to the staff, bringing Cody Burns in from the college ranks. I mean, he's done some really incredible things in terms of the way that he revamped not only the roster, but also, of course, the coaching staff. And then just watching what he's done over the course of training camp, in particular, kind of having this no-nonsense attitude, right? I mean, we saw, you know, a couple of guys, even Jarvis Landry getting kicked out of practice because of uh, – because of acting out in practices and getting into a fight with uh, Eric Stokes during the joint practices. So I, I think that the leadership was absolutely there from Dennis Allen, and I think that the discipline in terms of what we've seen from the players as well, in terms of what he was able to bring there in terms of leadership, has all been positive. Talk about Jameis Winston, how you think he's looked over these last few days. Um, do you anticipate him playing on Friday night? Uh, and if he doesn't, are you worried about rust uh, when, when it comes to the opener uh, in Atlanta on the 11th? It's funny. I, I thought for a little while that, you know, we weren't going to see Jameis going into tomorrow's matchup. Now, I'm kind of convinced that we might, uh, at least for a series. I mean, he looked great on both uh, Tuesday and Wednesday's practices when he got out there and got more involved in, uh, in everything in terms of, um, you know, uh, team drills and all. The guy's thrown 80, 90, 100 different passes over the course of team drills, and he's only thrown two interceptions so far. He you know, was out there moving around, running, scrambling. He even slid at one point, popped right back up, and got back to the huddle. Um, 
And so I, I don't know. I think we might see Jameis for at least the series. We asked him, you know, do you want to play on uh, on Friday? Actually, what, what the question was asked was, do you need to play on Friday? And he said, I want to. Uh, so, you know, I, I think we might see Jameis out there. I think to a certain extent it might be harder to keep him off the field than it is to let him have a series. Yeah, and look, I don't think there's anything wrong with a series. Look, the, the thing is, I'd like to see him get hit, okay? And I, nobody else want to, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, getting, getting uh, you know, right. just, just kind of get, get, get the rust off of you, you know? Just yeah, also, again, absolutely. just to test that knee, right? I mean, right, you worry absolutely. about that when, you've had a, when you, have a, you had surgery like that. How's it going to feel when you get hit the first time? And normally after you feel, you know, once you say, okay, wait, this is good, you know, you feel much more comfortable. Yeah, there's a, uh, you know, there's a, I think Sheldon Rankin right ago, was coming back, uh, former former Saints defensive tackle. He was coming back from an Achilles injury early on in his career, and he talked to uh, media about it. And he kind of mentioned that after a certain point, you know, you you get the surgery done, you go through the rehab, you do all those things, and then all of a sudden, the only thing left to do is to go out there and play football and see what happens. And uh, and I think that's to your point in terms of what it is you want to see. You know, Jameis gets hit. Like you, you need to know how he's going to react to that, how that's going to feel for him. So I, I see what you're saying. I'm absolutely there with you. After a certain point, you just got to go out there and play football. Yeah, and the same thing for Michael Thomas. And I do worry about uh, overcompensation in both of their entries. Overcompensation uh-huh. with Michael Thomas. Overcompensation with with um, uh, with James Winston because we know how hard they worked in the off season to get where they are now. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's a big part of the question you're asking about Michael Thomas right now. Is you know you have to the hamstring injury that's kind of popped up for him, which, you know, look, I don't know how much of him being held out of practices over the course of the last couple of days has been, uh, you know, him sort of precautionary by the team more than it is actually concern from the team. But, you know, look, he's your, he's one of your, your biggest commodities, right? Like you want him out on the field September 11th when you open up the season against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. And so I think that overcompensation part of it is such a huge part of what the recovery process is you have an injury over on the right side, if you're overcompensating with it on the left side, you have the capabilities or you have, there's a propensity there to end up pulling something or tweaking something based on your overcompensation. And uh, I think that's one of the things that I love most about what Matt Ryan's approach has been. The Saints hired him over the course of the offseason, one of those great um, staff hires that Dennis Allen had over the offseason. He brought him in as the director of sports science. And a big part of what he does is bilateral body work. So they work on the left leg, they work on the right leg, they work on the left arm, they work on the right arm in order to identify if you have deficiencies on either side and how to either address or counteract that. And so the idea of compensation or overcompensating on one side is definitely something that the Saints are going to inherently be focused on as well. So it's, it's, it's a good observation because you don't want to end up on the wrong side of that. This is why this is why you follow Ross Jackson. This is why you read Ross Jackson. This is why you again locked into the into the Locked On Saints podcast. He's talking to the trainer, okay? He's talking to the trainer <laughs> about again how these guys are rehabbing. Uh, you know, I mean that's 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 getting down and dirty. I got to tell you, um, Penning. How do you think he has? How do you think his maturation process has been? I think it's been a process, and I think he's made progress in it. I think that he looks better now than he did his first day of camp, which is what you want for any rookie at any position, but certainly a rookie at a high prize position, maybe the second most important position on the field in terms of protecting the quarterback's blind side, right? You're, you're immediately responsible for the most important position uh, blind side. And so I think that he's better than he was when he started. He has shown clear uh, improvements. There are still some places where he needs to continue to work and everything he's talked about, a hand placement, footwork, all of that, particularly in the passing game, he's outstanding in the run game. He's exactly who we thought he was in the run game. 
uh, when he was, you know, coming through the draft process and everything. He is an absolute mauler uh, in that area of the game. But there are still some things you want to see him develop in the passing game. And so I, I think that he's better than he was when he started. But I will say this. If he and James Hurst are both healthy at the beginning of the season to open up that game against the Atlanta Falcons, it would not surprise me if James Hurst starts the first game of the season. That might not be the story for all 17 games. Trevor Penning may creep up and continue to develop and then show, okay, it's time uh, at a certain point later on in the season. But it would not surprise me if James Hurst is the starter at the beginning of the season as long as those two guys are healthy. Now, James Hurst coming back from that foot injury that he suffered mm-hmm. during the joint practices in Green Bay, uh, so that's something to keep an eye out on. But I think that, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at that point to see James Hurst start. You know, um, I did my final 53 on Tuesday. And I don't don't think it's that hard when you look at this team because there were not a lot of open spots. But I thought one of the tougher cuts would be at the tight end position. I had had Troutman, Hill, Jawan Johnson, and Nick Vanette on on the roster because obviously Troutman is the the pass catcher who can can do some inline blocking. Taysom Hill is your jack-of-all-trades. Jawan Johnson is, again, your hybrid, again, receiver tight end. But Vanette is your best blocking tight end, and he's a veteran. And I wonder if you exposed him to waivers. Is he a guy that may be picked up, or can you put him on the practice squad and and maybe stash him? Uh, how How do you see that position playing out? And then I like Lucas Crow, and I hope that he's going to be on the practice squad. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think you have a harder time getting Nick Bennett through waivers than you do getting Nick Kroll through waivers. And and a lot of that just has to do with, you know, you've seen Nick Bennett play NFL football before, right? We've not seen that for Nick Kroll. So we've seen some good things from him. Kroll, excuse me. We've seen some good things from him in terms of what we've seen during camp and everything, but we haven't really seen him pop off during games, during the preseason games. And uh, we haven't really seen, you know, obviously we haven't seen him play, you know, a regular season snap at all in his career as he's an undrafted free agent rookie at this point. And so I think you'd have a harder time getting Vanette through waivers. You also have fewer veteran spots on your practice squad than you have uh, those players that have two or fewer accrued seasons. You can get 10 players with two or fewer accrued seasons on your roster, on, on your practice squad. You only get six veteran mm-hmm. guys. On your on your practice squad roster, so I, I think that there's a, a a healthy you know stable of those veteran guys that could end up sticking around, whether it be from this roster or from other rosters around the NFL. And so I think that with that, it, you keep Nick Bennett on the roster. You know what he can do. Uh, he was, you know, he also showed you he could do a little bit for you in the passing game as well. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just think that his NFL experience is something that's going to make him a little bit more desirable to other teams if he hits the waivers. So I think he's one of those guys that you end up keeping on the roster if you want to keep a fourth tight end, which I think would be wise. Ross, um, a question I get constantly is about the hometown guys, uh, Merritt and and, and Deshaun uh, uh, Dixon. Uh, they've moved Merritt now to running back position. Do you think he makes it at the running back position, or they put him at wide receiver? And do you think that uh, that Dixon has done enough to make the final 53? Look, in my opinion, I think he, he is a practice squad guy this year. But again, what, what do you think happens? Do they are, are they when when when, every, when the dust clears and they've got the practice squad and the 53? Are those guys still in a, in a Florida league? I think Bajon Dixon is a shoe in for the practice squad, and I don't think he's far away from better than that. And that might mean, you know, a mid-season elevation. You know, you get to elevate these guys three times before you have to either sign up to your active roster or release them off the practice squad. And so I, I, think, I think we might see Dejon Dixon get those elevations pretty early in the season because he's a matchup nightmare. 
especially because of his versatility of working inside and out. Now, he's mostly worked outside when it comes to preseason games, but he has some versatility to where you can move him on the inside and get him matched up on maybe some of those smaller, scrappier um, uh, slot corners or maybe even get him lined up on a linebacker if you do it right. And so I think that that's a big piece for him, but I do think that he ends up being a practice squad guy to start his career. We'll see where it goes from there, but I do think he has a ton of potential, and I do think the Saints like him a lot. When it comes to Kirk Merritt, he's an interesting one because you kind of wonder if the Saints look at him the way they looked at Ty Montgomery over the past couple of years. So whether he makes it as a wide receiver or makes it as a running back, I think that the other position, I think that the position that's most impacted by that in terms of numbers becomes the wide receiver position, even if he makes it as a running back. Because you could see the Saints keeping, let's say, four running backs, which would be, let's say, Alvin Kamara, Tony Jones Jr., Mark Ingram, not in that order. Uh, but then they could keep Kirk Merritt, but then only keep five wide receivers that way instead of keeping a six wide receiver. Or they keep three running backs, for instance, or potentially four and let you know go on without a fullback. But I think they like that fullback position a little bit too much uh, to move away from it at this point. Um, but sure. they could end up keeping Kirk Merritt as a six wide receiver. So I think no matter what, his position, his roster impact ends up being the wide receiver position but his position designation may change based upon how the Saints view him in terms of which room they want him working in, running back or wide receiver. Great point. All right, what do you think is going to be the toughest cut when they have to sit down? What position is going to be the toughest cut on this team? I think interior defensive line is going to be a tough one, and I think a part of that is because they might have to cut somebody that – they've had on the team for a while in Shy Tuttle. I think Contavia Street has looked really, really good. I think that Malcolm Roach has really matured. David Onyemata's shoo-in. But if they want to keep a fourth defensive tackle, you're either going to have to cut the guy that's been on the team for a while that you've developed as a UDFA in Shy Tuttle, or you're going to have to move on from the guy you just drafted in Jordan Jackson. And either one of those cuts, I think, would be tough because either you're cutting somebody that you tried to invest in and you, you know, it didn't work out, or you're cutting somebody that you've already invested in for multiple years at this point. And because of that, that's a tough cut. So I think that that's the one that brings you down to potentially having to make the toughest decision between a couple of guys. And, you know, you could say the same thing about Albert Huggins, too, another guy that would end up, you know, potentially not mm-hmm. making the cut in sure. that scenario, right? Keeping four. Um, you know, that's another guy that they invested in out of Washington, out of Washington University as an undrafted free agent rookie that they really like. That could potentially be somebody that they might have to move on from, at least for the temporary. Now, you can get those guys back on the practice squad very likely, but still, it's tough to, that, that's, a, that's a tough conversation to have with these guys that you've invested in. Final question. Uh, the linebacker room. Is it will it be intact? In other words, again, are, are they going to be the final roster going to be guys that are on this team now, or is this team going to be scanning the waiver wire, or maybe trying to trade for a vet before he hits the waiver wire? Uh, because there's been so much uncertainty, uh, especially again with with the with the injury we've seen to Werner and then behind him. Yeah, look, I, I think the, I think the starters are on the roster now. Byron Davis, Pete Werner, Caden Ellis, those are your guys going from. You know, middle linebacker, weak side, strong side, respectively. But I don't think that they're going to close the book on the position. I think they're going to value veteran depth. And so you have two players that check that box right now in terms of NFL experience, John Bostick as well as Eric Wilson. But then after that, 
those are the guys that Dennis Allen highlighted are the guys they're still trying to find out about. So if you see a linebacker, and actually there was one not long ago that ended up hitting, uh, that ended up hitting the market, uh, but if you see a linebacker that you know got some NFL experience, four or five years of NFL experience or so, that's put together a couple of 70-plus tax, uh, tax seasons, which is kind of your barometer for you know a, a solid linebacker in the NFL, particularly the way that the Saints deploy their linebackers. That guy could be a potential for the Saints, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them continue to try to find ways to look at and potentially invest in uh, some of those you know veteran wide receiver or veteran linebackers that might hit the market. Always a pleasure, my friend. Look forward to our conversation each and every week. Tell the folks how they can follow you on social media, and of course how they can follow everything that you're involved in. Tell us about it all. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Always a pleasure to be here with you. Thanks again, as always, for having me on. Always enjoy our conversations. I got a couple of pieces coming on the way here for uh, Crescent City Sports, including a breakdown of Chris Olave touchdown in the Packers game and then players to watch going into tomorrow's Chargers matchup. Uh, so that'll be over at CrescentCitySports.com at CCS Daily on Twitter. You can also find daily pieces over at uh, USA Today Saints Wire, SaintsWire.USAToday.com. And then, of course, the Locked on Saints podcast every Monday through Friday. Uh, Locked on Saints is all you need to search where you can podcast and on YouTube. You can find all of it together on Twitter at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate the time. We'll be checking in with you next week, my friend. Absolute pleasure, buddy. Take care. Stay safe. I'll talk to you here soon. Uh, same to you, my friend. All right, that's Ross Jackson with us each and every week again uh, and does a, does a great job. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, uh, subscribe to his uh, podcast and, of course, uh, Saints Wire. And, of course, look, you should be going to Crest City Sports every day. Uh, you know, local sports should be going there. That, that's a no-brainer. You should be going there every day for your sports. All right, um, coming up next, it'll be Fletcher Mackle, Channel 6 Sports. Uh, you're listening to Inside New Orleans. It's brought to you again by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, uh, Old New Orleans Cookery, and the Hideout Bar. Uh, and, of course, don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. If you're in the market for a new system, hey, ask about their 25% energy reduction guarantee. Also, remember, they're authorized to sell some of the top systems in, uh, in, in, in on the market now. And, look, They've got uh, crews that, again, all they do is install ACs on commercially, industrial, and also, again, residential, treating your home like their home, understanding, again, you're trying to run a business. Uh, uh, they'll sit down with you, do a consultation, find out what you're looking for in terms of an AC, and they'll give you an opportunity to be able to peruse, again, all the brands that they represent. Uh, once once you guys come to an agreement, uh, they get out there with, uh, with again, uh, with their crews, and believe me, they, they get it done as quickly as possible, uh, doing the job the right right the first time. And then, of course, the service after the sale is impeccable. Looking for a company you can truly trust with your air conditioning systems? It's uh, Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. It's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. We'll be right back. Inside New Orleans. If it's New Orleans sports, culture, food. Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. Weekdays at 4 on 1061 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. This report is sponsored by Mattress Firm. The hottest summer deals are at Mattress Firm. Shop the best sale of the year and save up to $700 on Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets. Plus, you'll even get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. 10 East Bronya delays are steady from just past Elysian Fields to the high rise. Look out for delays that are solid on the 610 on the westbound side, right at Canal Boulevard. Also, in the meantime, look out for an accident blocking the left lane on 10 eastbound at Crowder.
In the meantime, also look out for accidents Franklin Avenue at North Claiborne and also Palmetto at South Carrollton. I'm at Robinson Broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brenner Traffic Center. We're going to buy my friends at Southern Tire, family-owned and operated by the Piazza family since 1972. Your one-stop shop for quality auto repairs and the best deals on tires. First of all, largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area, bar none. Something that will fit everyone's budget no matter what you drive. And, look, they've made it easy for you. You can go on southerntire.com, check out all the, all the, um, uh, the tire selections there. You can order your tires online. Uh, wheels and tires up to 30 inches. And, of course, financing is available. Uh, keeping your vehicle on the road. We've got ASC certified technicians, the highest certification in the industry. And again, the same diagnostic equipment you get at the dealerships. And I'll say this, even more diagnostic equipment than you get at the dealership. Tony Piazza, again, a long time ago, invested in, in, in again, the latest in technology as, again, the vehicles were changing. And, uh, again, look, again, you're getting that same type of technology that you get uh, at the dealership with Southern Tire. Uh, again, Southern Tire. Hickory and Airline in Menory, open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6, Saturday from 8 to 3, 504-737-1558 is the phone number. Go to southerntire.com and check out all the service they provide for their customers, including the diagnostic page, which you can troubleshoot what's wrong with your vehicle before you bring it over to Southern Tire. You can trust Southern Tire, owned by the Piazza family since 1972, Hickory and Airline in Menory. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes, ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Southern Tire, family-owned and operated since 1972. Southern Tire is your one-stop shop for quality auto repairs and the best deals on tires. Whether it is your personal vehicle or a fleet account, at Southern Tire, we treat your vehicle like our own. At Southern Tire, we have all the latest diagnostic equipment and ASE certified technicians the dealerships have without the dealership prices. Hickory and Airline in Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Hi, folks. Trust is what Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating is all about. Take it from me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhart to be there quick, get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhart to treat you with respect, to help you save with a fair price, do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhart always says, trust is the foundation of our business. Just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhart. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Oceana Grill, bourbon at Conti in the French Quarter. Voted top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. Open seven days a week, home in New Orleans' best breakfast. There's something for everyone on our menu. Serving Cajun Creole dishes that will delight for lunch and dinner. Fantastic cocktails that will amaze. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter courtyard. We have five private rooms that can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests for dining or your next event. Oceana Grill is family-friendly, but perfect for an incredible dining experience with friends or that special someone. Order online for delivery at Oceanagrill.com. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. 
All right, folks, don't forget about Mambo's 411 Bourbon Street, part of the Oceana family of restaurants. Three floors, I'm telling you, was the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Uh, you, first of all, you walk into the first floor, beautiful picture windows that overlook Bourbon Street. Got a bar right in the middle of the, of the downstairs restaurant. If you go all the way to the back of the restaurant, you got a beautiful courtyard, a friend, authentic French Quarter courtyard, beautiful by day, spectacular by night. Take the elevator to the second floor. Uh, as you open the doors, open up again, the beautiful uh, a bar sitting right there in the middle of the, of the restaurant, plenty of seating. And then, of course, you got a Bourbon Street balcony right there for you to dine and, have, and of course, have, uh, have drinks and have uh, a great time. Take the elevator to the third floor, and it's been, again, it's Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. You've never seen the sight lines of the city like you see from, again, Mambo's. Uh, again, fantastic uh, uh, cocktails made by some of the best mixologists in the city. Uh, and then, of course, Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest uh, with, again, a menu that has something for everyone. Uh, it's, uh, Mambo's is, again, a uh, great experience in, in terms of, um, again, not just uh, the restaurant, not just the bar, but, again, the, 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 the opportunity to be able to go on the balcony, or again on the uh, on the rooftop bar, but also again the the, the menu is fantastic. Open for lunch and dinner seven days a week. Uh, perfect night uh, again for friends, family. If you're looking to be able to get go out on that first date, maybe again uh, you're trying to close that business deal. Head on over to Mambo's and, and remember, open for lunch and dinner seven days a week for you. Find out more at mambonola.com. When you finish up, right next door is the hideout bar. It's in a, it's in a 300 year old building with a beautiful courtyard, and again there's live music every single night, cocktails food. You can just make it a night out in the 400 block of Bourbon Street. That's Mambo's in the Hideout Bar. Make your next memory at Mambo's in the Hideout Bar, part of the Oceana family of restaurants. And again, we thank those guys as being a longtime sponsors of our program, all part of the Oceana family of restaurants. All right. Our good friend Fletcher Mackel joins us on the program now from Channel 6 Sports. And uh, I'm throwing a curveball here because I know football season's around the corner, but Fletcher and I love Love NBA basketball, and uh, when he's on, I like to always get a chance to talk to him. We'll get to the Saints in a moment for you guys that are chomping a bit at Saints uh, talk. But, Fletch, the, the uh, schedule came out last week. First of all, welcome to the show. Um, what are your thoughts? I think it's, uh, it's tough to start, especially now that the Brooklyn Nets, as dysfunctional as they are, have now at least hugged on the surface with Kevin Durant. And, look, that's a team that I've picked the last two years to go to the finals. They've been injury-plagued and dysfunctional, but it doesn't mean they don't have talent, and they have great talent. So opening up at Brooklyn is hard. Um, and then I think something like eight of their first 11 are on the road. So if they could open up six and five, I would say hat tip, and that's a good start. Anything better, and then you start talking about this team really making a move because so many road games to open up the season this year. Yeah, and, and you know, look, traditionally, you and I are paying attention, but a lot, you know, we know you, what you said. We, 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 lead, we lead the world in hot, hot, okay, which is so true. Uh, we, know the, we know the hot, hot language, but I think people are going to start paying attention to the Pelicans a little bit earlier this year than, than again, January. Um, in the past, they'd be on the road early because it was football season. Everybody's paying attention to football. I think they're going to be paying attention more, but I do like down the stretch – was it 10 of those last 17 are at home, five of the last six are at home? If you're making a playoff run, it's good to be able to have that opportunity to be home. Yeah, and look, I should have mentioned that, just kind of the yin to the yang, so to say. you got a lot of road games early. you got a lot of home games late. So you're absolutely right. The Western Conference, once again, is, is going to be you know pretty treacherous, so to say, especially if the Lakers keep making moves here. Um, and so, yeah, having those games at home, it could mean the difference. Look, a few years ago in 2018, you know, the Pelicans closed strong. They finished in a statistical tie for fourth place. 
They had the same record as, as Oklahoma City um, and I forgot who else, but it was four, five, six. They were all with the same record, and the Pelicans finished sixth because they were in a statistical tie. So I could definitely see those games down the stretch being meaningful for this team, being the difference between a three seed and a six seed. So, um, so yeah, it is good that those, those, those games will be at home. And I agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot of interest, and there should be a lot of interest. Zion coming back healthy, happy, focused, and in shape. A full season with C.J. McCollum. Uh, a full season with this team, another season with Willie Green as head coach. I think they've got the potential to do what Memphis did last year. I think that's a great blueprint for this team. M- Memphis went from nine in a play-in team that got into the playoffs all the way up to two. I, I think that the Pelicans can be a top-four seed. I- people can say I'm crazy, but I think if it all comes together for them with Brandon Ingram, with Zion, with C.J. McCollum, with Jonas Valanciunas, with Herb Jones, with you know Trey Murphy, who I think is going to take a massive step this year, I think mm-hmm. this team has a real chance to uh, to finish top four in the West. 100% agree. They just got to get a little lucky with injuries. They've been snake-bitten for, for the last few years, uh, and you can't get off to, again, the slow starts that we've seen uh, over the past few years as well. It'd be nice to be able to see them get out, get out the box with a winning record here, uh, get, get the fan base again energized, and also give them a vote of confidence again in terms of playing together. Yeah, look, no, last year, I mean, they were doomed from the start, it seemed like, and they made this fantastic finish. They also, last year, were able to take advantage of the fact that it was the first time in the 20 years that I've covered the NBA that I think the Eastern Conference was stronger than the Western Conference, and they had a lot of Western Conference teams that kind of punted on the season. You know, Portland exited and and kind of blew it up and went and started tanking pretty early, and the Pelicans were able to kick around with some of those bottom feeder teams, like the Lakers who dealt with injuries, like the San Antonio Spurs who just didn't have enough talent. So I don't know if that's going to be the case again this year. Last year, the disastrous start doomed them. And, yes, they played better late down the stretch once they got McCollum. But they can't get off, especially in a Western Conference. I mean, look, Denver's going to be better because they're getting Jamal Murray back. They still have Jokic. Golden State, certainly the defending champs again, and in, in, in they're back in, in as good as they've ever been. I think the Lakers, and I hate the Lakers, but I think the Lakers are certainly going to be better if they can Mm -hmm. stay healthy and keep making moves. I mean, just those two teams right there, the Lakers and Denver being better. And look, I I don't think Phoenix is going anywhere. I don't think Memphis is going anywhere. I think Dallas is only going to get better with Luka, who's one of the best players in in the game. So, yeah, you can't get off to a disastrous start and think that you're going to dig your way out of it late again. That just can't be the case. Uh, That was the case in that 17-18 year. Mm-hmm. Um, when they got into the playoffs against Portland, you know, they made some, 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 some trades down the stretch to get Miritich and finish strong. They won 10 straight at one point. Last year, same deal, finish strong, get into the play-in tournament. It, that can't be – got to get off to a better start. Even if it's 6-5, and five, again, yep. because the first 11 or 12 are treacherous, they can't get off to a 2-9 and nine start and then think they're going to dig their way out of it. That, even if, It's a long season, but that's just too big of a hole. Yeah, because like you said, the West is loaded for bear. I mean, it doesn't just this, man. I mean, uh, it's just a lot of tough teams. You see Be- Be- Beverly going to the Lakers now. They're trying to be able to, to reset. Uh, and, but, again, I, I got a lot of faith in, 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 the, in this team going forward. I just think that the chemistry was, was, was really good last year. Coaching staff, bringing back Zion, that's a plus. I mean, that was the best player on your team. He didn't play last year. So, uh, And, of course, uh, again, Brandon Ingram just continues to get better and better every single year. So I'm really looking forward to it. I, I got to shift to the Saints, though. 
Fletcher, how good is this team? I mean, a lot of people again. Tampa's the the the, the uh, uh, you know the the uh, the jewel of the uh, of the South. I think they're a lot closer than the national uh, pundits are, are, are making this. I think a lot of the same things that happened to the Saints happened to to them. Except again, I think their offensive line is much weaker. Which again, with a 45 year old quarterback, that could be an Achilles heel. Uh, but again, I think this team stays healthy. They got a real shot again in winning the South, and again, and of course, being a playoff team. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think the the line between these two teams is pretty thin, and here's why. I think what you just said, Tampa has lost a lot. Look, Tampa still has good receivers, but Brady needs protection, and their offensive line took a massive hit. So I think Devin White had a, a down year last year. Their defense slumped after winning the Super Bowl. So I think talent-wise, top to bottom, the Saints probably have a better roster than Tampa Bay. One to 53, I would say the Saints are better. But here's the problem. They still have Tom Brady. And even at 44 years old last year, he, he led the league in touchdown passes and threw like six interceptions. So, again, until he drops off, I'm not going to be one of these people that says, boy, he's going to drop off at some time. Yeah, he is. I don't know if it's going to be this year. People thought it was going to be last year. He finished runner-up for the MVP voting and almost won it to beat Aaron Rodgers. So, I, and then that's the big question with the Saints. It's how good is Jameis? I think Jameis is a solid quarterback. I don't think people should say Jameis is a top 10 quarterback because I don't think Jameis is ever going to be a top 10 quarterback. I would like to dream that he's a top 10 quarterback, but I don't think when you start laying out the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, I don't think Jameis is ever going to be consistent enough to be one of those guys. But here's the thing. I don't think he's a bottom 10 quarterback either. I think if you look, and this is the argument, this is the parallel that I make and the argument that I make with people. Last year, the San Francisco 49ers were in the NFC Championship game. Three years ago, the San Francisco 49ers were in the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo was 13th in the NFL in quarterback ranking last year. The year they went to the Super Bowl, I think he was 14th or 15th. If Jameis is between 11 and 19 in overall quarterback ranking when the year ends, I think this team, Kamara, Thomas, the O-line, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, Honey Badger, everything you have around, all the pieces in place, I think this is a team that can challenge for the NFC South and is very close with Tampa Bay. And if they don't win the NFC South, they're a definite playoff team, and they can make a run once they get in the playoffs. Again, San Francisco has showed us that you don't need to have this elite top three quarterback to make a run. Yeah, that was the blueprint for the Saints with Drew Brees. It doesn't have to be the blueprint anymore. Jameis doesn't have to be the savior. He just can't be a total disaster. That's why, look, I I think the Saints are going to win 10 or 11 games if they stay healthy, and I think they're going to be a bona fide playoff team. And once the playoffs start, they could be San Francisco from last year or from three Mm -hmm. years ago. How do you think uh, year one camp with Dennis Allen went? I think it was pretty good. I think it was, look, there wasn't a lot of changes. I think Dennis is kind of maybe, I I don't know what the right word, my vocabulary isn't strong enough, like acquiescing himself, so to say, to being more of like a, a little bit more of a player's coach. I think that, you know, Sean was definitely a little bit more, all pro sports leagues now have, have shifted the NBA in a big way that we may not necessarily love, but player empowerment, the players are the stars. We've got to respect the players more, which is fair and true. I mean, the players are the ones who are on the field. That's what the fans go and see. You know, you want to see these guys perform at an elite level. But I think that Sean had that old school, it's my way, it's the highway, this is how I do it. And 
you know, for better or worse, it worked here in New Orleans. But I don't know if that was the way Dennis Allen could come in with Sean's coattail, riding Sean's coattails of, hey, game day Sean, this ultra-intense guy. I, I think that Dennis has tried to find a happy medium of, look, I'm going to run a strong program. And we've got foundation pieces in place, principles in place, a culture in place. But I'm going to work with you all a little bit because I understand that's how today's NFL works and today's pro sports leagues work. It's not just like us versus them or me versus you or I'm in charge. It's a collaborative effort. So I really didn't feel a lot different. Practice looked the same. <clears throat> Excuse me. Practice looked the same. It felt the same. What they, if anything, I felt like practices were a little easier, and maybe that's what the, one of the things I'm trying to say that Dennis Allen was a little different. It just felt right. not relaxed, but that they that they got their work in quicker, that they ended practices earlier, that he had more respect for this veteran team. Of hey, get your work in, let's move on, go home to your families, go do what you want to do. I, I don't need to turn this into you know Millsap 2006 where it was a gladiator academy. And I had yeah. to set this crazy precedent. So I think it felt, if anything, mostly the same, if not a little bit more relaxed than it did under Sean. Fletch, I always appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, tell us a bit about what you guys got coming up on, on, on Channel 6 Sports and on Channel 6. Yeah, uh, we got a preseason special coming up. Or excuse me, preseason. Regular season special coming up the week of the Saints game against Atlanta. A lot of good daily coverage. And uh, so, yeah, so we do talking a lot about LSU next week with LSU Florida State. Saints coming yep. up, so a great time for sports. And uh, how can they follow you on on social media? Oh, yeah, yeah. Twitter is kind of my social of choice, so at FletcherWDSU is my Twitter handle. Thanks, bud. Appreciate the time. We'll check in with you soon. All right, Eric. Fletcher Mackle, Channel 6 Sports, uh, again, joining us here on the program. All right, don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Look, I've said it before. Uh, you know, again, you're looking for that tankless water heater, they got you covered. Uh, you're looking to be able to install, again, um, uh, a generator for your home or your business, they got you covered. AC systems, no problem. Again, also, if you're, uh, again, looking for electrical work, uh, again, ceiling fan installation, uh, you know, uh, electrical work, uh, you know, lights, putting up, uh, you know, lights in your yard, et cetera, they can do it all. Uh, they have grown from a small company to a mega company now that is doing so much for their customers. And you got Burkhardt standing behind it. We'll never cheat you, never gouge you. Always doing though, just the, the work that's necessary. And then, of course, standing behind that work as well. 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home or your business. Hey, if you're looking for that new air conditioning system, don't sign that contract with anybody else. Do you at least have Burkhardt come out and give you a price? Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. For 30 years, I've used Burkhardt. You, again, can trust them as well. Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. That's AC promise.com acpromise.com you're listening to inside new orleans brought to you by the oceana family of restaurants oceana grill mambo's old new orleans cookery bobby bear's cajun county restaurant and the hideout bar all are open late don't want to hear you can't get a late meal in new orleans all are open seven days a week and of course all are open for lunch and dinner oceana open for breakfast lunch and dinner get out there and enjoy a meal fantastic cocktail at one of the oceana family of restaurants we'll be right back Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. 
Southern Tire, family-owned and operated since 1972. Southern Tire is your one-stop shop for quality auto repairs and the best deals on tires. We offer a large selection of tires that will fit your budget no matter what you drive. In the market for a new set of wheels at Southern Tire, we are your wheel experts. Choose from our large selection of wheels and tires up to 30 inches. Financing available. Hickory and Airline in Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Bobby E. Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, voted the number one restaurant in Metairie by TripAdvisor. A place where you can enjoy a great meal with family or hanging out with friends watching the game. A mouth-watering menu that has something for everyone. Amazing cocktails and an incredible beer selection. TVs everywhere. You'll never miss a play. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique. The perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. Order online for delivery at BobbyEbears.com. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby A. Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Suburban Roofing and Siding, 861 Roof, locally owned and operated, fully licensed and insured, has been re-roofing South Louisiana for over a decade. Suburban Roofing is one of only 6% of roofing contractors nationwide, certified by shingle manufacturers. My good friend Marty Scoggins is honest and reliable and stands behind all of Suburban Roofing's quality workmanship. Suburban Roofing skilled crews are experts in all types of roofs. Trust a Louisiana company with local referrals, not a storm chaser with your re-roofing needs. Don't sign that contract till you call Suburban Roofing and Siding at 861 Roof. That's 861 76 Come on, toxic drinking water at Camp Lejeune? If you or someone you know were stationed on or around Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987, you were likely exposed to toxic drinking water. If you were diagnosed with cancer or another serious condition, you may be entitled to significant compensation. Serving those who have served us, that's the Dudley DeBosier difference. 444-4444. Stephen DeBosier, New Orleans. LA 22138849. Get ready for Luke Bryan. Live. Raised Up Right Tour. Saturday, August 27th. Smoothie King Center. Luke Bryan. With special guests. Riley Green. Mitchell Tenpenny and DJ Rock. Tickets are on sale now. Get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Don't miss Luke Bryan, Raised Up Right Tour. All right, folks, that's it for me. 
thanks so much for tuning, tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Remember, coming up next on WLAET at 6 o'clock is uh, Inside New Orleans Sports. Uh, and you uh, will be able to have a chance to see Doug Mouton join me on the program. So check us out there. Also, uh, again, I want to thank Gary Smith, Jordy Collada, Ross Jackson, Fletcher Mackle for joining us on the program today. Rudy back in studio producing. I want to thank all the great sponsors that sponsor our program. You go to the slideshow at ericasher.com. Just click on the icon. It takes you right to that sponsor's website. Everything you need to know about that sponsor is right there. And, of course, a special thanks to our title sponsor on a Thursday, the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun Canada restaurant uh and and the hideout bar we appreciate those guys uh stepping up and again uh, uh being part of our thursday show the title sponsor our thursday show hey we got another one coming up for you life resources bottle line sports hour coming up with michael green and ken trahan so keep it right here on 106.1 fm tomorrow is the william grant family distillers friday extravaganza mike Vazano joining us another guest and of course then there's the weekend college football just about a week away yeah you excited so am i all right, folks, thanks so much for tuning in to the program. Uh, podcast will be up about 20 minutes after the show. My name is Eric Asher. Have a wonderful evening. For the dog catcher to the, uh, to the governor. Oh, yeah, you know it includes the mayor. They all got to go. <laughs> <laughs>